Forbidden and banned, the bane of bureaucrats, exposing mainstream media's weapons of mass distraction. Flying under the radar and dropping truth bombs on tyranny. It's Liberty Now. Hello, fellow Liberty lovers. This is John Bird, trainer, piper, Navy diver, and Liberty lover. This is the show for common sense and discerning minds. Welcome. This is also sometimes the show for random ramblings, and today is going to be one of those days. I am on the road, so I apologize in advance for the horrible audio quality, and uh, if you can suffer through it, then uh, thank you for tolerating that. Today is going to be just more of a kind of stream of consciousness and not at all scripted, but I just wanted to put some things out there. I was um, really intrigued by a podcast I was listening to today. I was uh, turned on to this by my cousin back in the States in Washington. Shout out to Kathy. Love you. And she and her husband have been listening to uh, Timothy Gordon of the Rules for Retrogrades podcast. And uh, one of the episodes I listened to today, he had on a guest, an FBI whistleblower. Now, normally, apparently, he does, uh, he's kind of a Catholic apologist and um, not, not a podcast I have ever heard of before. Uh, but it was interesting to me because I'm, uh, well, I grew up Catholic. Uh, I don't know if I would say I'm a, a super active Catholic. I'm not an ex-Catholic either, but uh, let's say I am a questioning Catholic, especially in light of some of the uh, recent things uh, the last few years coming out of the current Pope Francis. I really have a lot of questions about that guy, but that's... Uh, topic for another episode. In this particular episode, he had on a guest, Kyle Serafin, if I get his name right, Kyle Serafin. I would encourage you to go check out that episode. There, there's a lot of really good podcasts out there uh, from people who are awake to the greater world agenda. It's also really encouraging to notice now uh, even Joe Rogan who's been well aware, I think, of the New World Order agenda for a long time, actually come out and openly talking about it. Uh, Go check out Joe Rogan's latest podcast, too. As for me, uh, in this episode, I don't know if I would have an exact title. Maybe just the the overall theme would be uh, that, as I like to tell my boot campers, a little suffer makes you tougher. But... uh, the reason I'm on the road is uh, it is the <clears throat> crazy busy season for bagpipers on South Island in New Zealand. If you do uh, competitions, any competitive bands, uh, we've got uh, a competition coming up in uh, Dunedin, beautiful South Island, New Zealand. That's where I'm headed right now. So I don't have a lot of time to uh, sit down and prepare an organized podcast. My apologies for that, uh, but uh, I do want to at least try to share what's been on my mind lately and uh, maybe point you to some interesting things that you need to be digging into as well. And this latest podcast from Rules for Retrogrades um, really caught my imagination and my attention. So I would encourage you to go uh, check out the one with the FBI whistleblower. 
they're talking about the TML prosecution. That's the Latin Mass. That's the acronym for Latin Mass, which uh, sadly they don't really have anymore, or it's it's kind of being phased out. But I do remember occasionally hearing it as a kid. For those of you who are uh, of a religious bent, it might be even more interesting for you there. But anyway, the fact that uh, certain sects were or uh, parts of the uh, Catholic faith are being persecuted officially, it's uh, now coming out, should give everyone cause for pause because uh, even if it's not you specifically they're looking at now, it could be you next. But he talks about some hard-hitting things in that interview worth going over in more detail. But one of the things is stress inoculation that he talks about from his training in special forces with the Air Force, being drowned, literally, and interrogated and put under very stressful conditions, as you would be if you were captured by an enemy agent or tortured, so that you've already been through a similar situation, you're mentally prepared for it, which most of the general public has not, and so they cannot deal with that. And I thank God that I've been through some of the most incredibly stressful things. I wouldn't say that I've been through nearly as as much as people like him. But, um, you know, early on, going through very challenging training in the military with the Navy as a diver, being subjected to some pretty hardcore training, particularly in hell week of our diver training. Um, By the way, Hoo-yah, deep sea to all my fellow divers out there who may be listening and uh, to the instructors, particularly uh, Petty Officer Fisner, who had a special means of uh, torture when we were in the pool. To back up a little bit, when we would do uh, training for, you know, all sorts of conditions and diving, you know, we had to be able to undergo, you know, uh, not just stress, but accidents or incidents that might occur underwater and being able to recover without killing ourselves. So one of the kinds of training that we would do is swimming with our scuba tanks on and uh, buoyancy compensators deflated. So we're just hugging the bottom of the pool, about a 12 foot deep pool, and just swimming laps all the way around the pool with our dive masks blanked out with tape over them so we can't see anything just a little bit of light coming through but groping blindly uh, feeling our way along the edge of the pool um, sometimes alone or sometimes with a buddy arm in arm building into that idea that you know you gotta take care of your buddy and make sure that he's okay as well as yourself that you don't think you you don't panic and you know flee but you stay there and help your buddy anyway so we'd be swimming around waiting to be hit by one of the instructors who were just hovering above us in their snorkel gear, waiting for the right opportunity to come and attack us, rip off our masks, pull the regulator out of our mouth so we lose all air, shutting off the valve so that the uh, there's no more air coming from the tank, uh, trying to tear our tanks off and swim fins, anything they could get. It was fair game so they could just come down and hit us. And our job was to try to maintain as much as we could so we could resist as much as we wanted. But of course we're blinded and once they pull your mask off and your air out, you're pretty vulnerable down there at the bottom of the pool. 
And uh, once they've hit you and stripped off as much gear as they can, then they just hit the stopwatch and say go. So your job is to, number one, recover your air, recover as much gear as you can, and then continue on swimming. They would do this to us repeatedly during the day. This is uh, one of the things I remember most in Hell Week. Anyway, Petty Officer Fissner, who I've mentioned before, uh, <laughs> he had a special little trick that he used to pull uh, after he would turn off the valve, air valve on the regulator, which is at the top of your air tanks. Um, he would like shut it off as hard as firmly as he could. And then he would take your regulator and uh, wrap the hose of the regulator around the manifold and stuff it through and pull this knot to where the last thing he did was loop your regulator hose around the valve itself that you're trying to turn on. So you're trying to get your air back and without uh, panicking and going back to the surface of the pool, which will automatically fail you if you do. And so you're, you're, you can't even turn the valve to uh, get the air going to get a little puff of air. So you're, you're struggling to get the hose off of the uh, regulator or the manifold valve so that you can turn that on just so you can get a puff of air from the regulator and then begin to completely untangle the rest of the mess and then get your fins back, your tank back on, mask cleared and, and all that and continue on your merry way. Anyway, uh, shout out to you, Petty Officer Fisner. Hoo-ya! I hated your ass. <laughs> but, uh, man, you you really put us to the test. And uh, I'd like to think that uh, we did him proud by surviving his special tricks. But anyway, all that to say, I, I feel like I have been uh, in a privileged position having gone through some very stressful potentially hazardous to my health situations um, and other times uh, very literally life and death situations you know the old saying that does that which does not kill you makes you stronger and in my boot camps when I do training I, I always love to tell my campers you know they, they think I'm joking but I really mean it a little suffer makes you tougher so we need to remember that and uh basically stop being pussies we gotta we've got to pull our heads out and be ready for anything that the globalists are going to throw at us all that to say that we are under literal existential mental physical and chemical attacks constantly there are so many vectors coming at us that we we just we can't pay attention to all of them whether it's the latest, you know, pandemic or plandemic of uh, a new artificially engineered virus being released accidentally, air quotes, or the uh, the remedy, which is supposed to cure but uh, appears to be harming more people than it helps. In fact, it has been proved the COVID vaccination is, has been proven, and is more and more every day we're finding out that it is not only not effective but not safe as we've been told repeatedly. Anyway, I just wanted to illustrate what I mean by stress inoculation. We should take those opportunities. I'm not saying seek out dangerous uh, activities just for the hell of it, 
but you know, don't back away from challenging things. You know, maybe the hardest thing you can imagine is just taking a cold shower. And by the way, there are some health benefits to that too. And you literally can do that. Uh, I've been seeing more and more bloggers and podcasters recommending that very thing to, you know, build up your physical immunity. It, it actually can stress your system in a good way. So um, maybe you start with that. Just literally take a cold shower as long as you can stand it every morning. And, you know, maybe that's the hardest thing you've done all day. Well, if you thought you'd had stress before in your life, well, that you just got the hardest thing done for the day out of the way. And the rest of the day is a breeze by comparison, right? It's all relative. So the more stressful situations we go through, the more we're able to handle. And sometimes God puts those stressful and challenging things in our life whether we seek them out or not. And he he uh, tries us by fire. And that can be to our benefit if we don't curl up and roll up into a ball and, and die and give up. We can overcome. We can survive. So be open to opportunities to resist where you see tyranny be willing to take on challenges and you know God made you for this time in history to either be one of the ones that gives up or be one of the ones that survives but he put you here for a reason in this time and this place in the world and it's your turn you know, you think you've got it tough now. Imagine the people that lived in uh, pre-World War II or pre-World War One era leading up to that. Especially after World War One, you know, the, they said that, you know, may that never happen again. And, you know, the people in the generation, in the great generation leading up to World War Two in the late 1930s, I'm sure they thought, well, that would never happen again. I'm sure that they thought this this Hitler guy that they started hearing about was some little joke. You know, those people didn't choose to be born into that time, but they were. I'm sure they thought that, you know, cataclysmic world-changing events were done with after the after World War 1. They thought, you know, after World War 2, we couldn't have world-changing events like that happen. And it just, it blows my mind how people have become so soft and spoiled. And they think that, you know, on the day that they were born, history ended. Like major cataclysmic, earth-changing, world-changing events like World War II or the fall of Rome could never happen again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we are living in one of those times. In fact, perhaps one of the biggest, most earth-shattering periods in human history right now. Go read Revelations or Isaiah in the Bible. There's all kinds of prophecies and signs that would indicate that. Whether you believe that's true or not, we're still seeing 
it's almost like somebody's using the Bible as a script. If you go back and read it, to have all these world events take place, increased earthquakes, famines, disease, pestilence. Have we not seen an increase in these things in the last five to 10 years? Like more than at any other time in history or in recent memory? Think about it. Anyway, I highly recommend that you go check out this podcast. It was really interesting. This interview covered a, a huge array of topics. I uh, stopped recording there for a minute because I saw these uh, two long-distance cyclists traveling alongside the freeway, and I had to pull over and uh, chat to them and see what where they were going and, and where they're from. Oh, and by the way, those cyclists, they're from Japan. I've got a shout-out to my Japanese listeners out there. It's so funny. You never know who's going to pick up a podcast or where, it, uh, where you get the most downloads. But uh, apart from New Zealand and the United States, uh, Japan has been one of my top listening audiences. So uh, here's a shout-out to you folks in Japan who are listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for all the downloads and the shares and the listening. And uh, shout out to my new two cycling buddies who uh, from Japan who are uh, touring around the South Island. Good on you guys. Um, it's so funny. I was just thinking about uh, talking about things that make you a little suffer makes you tougher and talking about Another thing that I had done that I, you know, I don't want to say I suffered through because it was a project that I brought on myself. I worked very hard and planned a long time to uh, get this project going. But uh, years ago, when I was about 27, I got it into my head that I was going to uh, do a solo bike ride around the world and make it a project to talk about world peace. Of course, uh, you know, very high-minded <laughs> from my uh, younger days, uh, you know, and I, I understood that it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't have any illusions that I was going to myself bring about world peace, but I wanted to talk about it and bring it to the public consciousness as much as I could in whatever little way that I could. Um, you know, any one of us is, is only one person and we only do what we can, but, but we do everything that we can if we are trying to make the world a better place. So uh, that was my thing about, uh, gosh, 30 years ago now. But I wanted to uh, take on this project. And I also, I, I had this sense that I needed to go through a little suffer to make me tougher as I've always believed that you know sometimes we need to take on challenges and I, I knew that it was going to be very hard going I knew that I was potentially risking life and limb uh, taking my life into my own hands by traveling through countries where I had no contacts whatsoever and this is in the days before the internet really 
before the, the global connectedness that we now have, that we take for granted. Anyway, I, I saw these two cyclists on the side of the freeway, just making their way, they're fully loaded down with pannier bags in front and back. And uh, I, I took a quick video. Well, I, I don't know if you'll be able to hear from the roaring of the cars going by, but uh, I just stopped and chatted with them for a moment and, and asked them if they needed anything. And uh, they just said, you know, do you have any water? And I'm like, oh, heck yeah. I, I always travel with a little extra water, so I was happy to provide that for them. And they were, you know, super grateful. But these two older guys from Japan, uh, one of them was like 71 and the other 69 years old for crying out loud. And they're touring their way all the way around South Island, planning on about a three-month trip, about two weeks into it now. And uh, just <laughs> taking their own lives into their hands uh, on these you know, notoriously narrow New Zealand freeways. But uh, man, that really took me back. And if nothing else, it really makes me appreciate people who, who go and, you know, just go their own way for the sake of adventure, uh, to see the world. And uh, I'm sure they're gonna have awesome adventures. And I just wish them the very best and uh, I'll be remembering those guys in my prayers. Anyway, I've been thinking for a while about um, talking about some of these things. I, I hope to inspire or encourage you all. Don't shy away from the challenges because to be sure there are a greater number ahead of us before it gets any better. Um, these, these are some trying times, and no matter how you look at it, whether it's, you know, pandemics or mask mandates or vaccine mandates and in that vein in this podcast that I really urge you to go uh, check out uh, Timothy Gordon's rules for retrogrades please go check his podcast out with the FBI uh, whistleblower who's talking about the persecution of Catholics and the internal products they call them, that they were producing to target what they were looking at as what they would say, you know, radical sects of the Catholic Church, which only leads to more persecution of Catholics in general, and then of course to Christians in general. And I think anybody who's open and honest and objective looking, if they kind of back away and look at world events and uh, persecuted demographics, you know, we, you would think listening to the mainstream media that alphabet sexual orientated uh, demographic is like the most harassed and persecuted. But in reality, if you're being open and honest, they're, they're the most protected. We're now seeing laws built around, uh, you know, you can't say anything negative about any of these protected classes. And listen, I've got friends and family who are among these protected classes. And I think they would agree with me that they're not uh, experiencing anywhere near the persecution that Christians are today. Hey folks, it's that's just a reality. Whether you want to admit it or not, it doesn't make you homophobic or uh, racist or any other kind of phobe to point that out. 
but anybody that has just a, a general Christian uh, conservative viewpoint is is now considered like a, a terror threat or uh, a, a hate speech. Like, what, and what hate speech? We could go on and on about that as well. But go listen to this podcast, and um, he, he unpacks a lot of that stuff. And it's not just right-wing conspiracy paranoia. And they're not doing anything other than adhering to their faith and uh, being God-fearing, peace-loving people. They're not out there bombing or threatening or rioting, unlike many on the left, a.k.a. Antifa, BLM. But of course, you, you get defunded or canceled in this culture when you point that out. But big picture is whatever your stance, we're all, left and right, really, under attack. It's just that I think the, uh, interestingly, it, it seems to be the conservative Christians who are the most keenly aware of it, maybe partly because they are being persecuted more and more increasingly, but there is a globalist threat, this existential threat to humanity. You have Klaus Schwab openly talking about it from the soapbox of the World Economic Forum, telling us that we will own nothing and we will be happy about it. Uh, not me, Klaus. Sorry, you, you may think that's true. And uh, you will eat the bugs. Uh, no. <laughs> Klaus, I'm not going to eat your bugs. And uh, I will fight till the end for my right as a free human being created by God to eat what I want. And uh, I am an unapologetic carnivore. I like my veggies too, but you're not going to stop me from eating meat, even if I have to go out and hunt it for myself, which, which they are pushing us towards more and more all under the name of uh, saving Gaia, Mother Earth, you know, to save the planet. It's all of a sudden we're doing fine for the last, you know, thousand years, but it's just in the last, what, 20 years, all of a sudden it's like an existential threat to have cattle or to eat poultry. So we need to start eating bugs. Not gonna happen. I'm not doing it. And I would encourage you do not comply. Don't let them do it. Speak up. Stand up. Go to council meetings. Go to city council or your school board meetings. Wherever you see these kinds of issues being brought up where it's so ridiculous that you just throw it back in their face. Say, we're not going to tolerate what you guys are trying to shove down our throats. No matter how compromised or bought and paid for the local council members may be. But anyway, I want to encourage people to not shy away from whatever opportunities get thrown in front of you to stand up and say something. Maybe it's just talking to somebody about a podcast you've heard about, not just mine, but like uh, Jay Dyer, who's an amazing podcaster too. Of course, Infowars, Alex Jones, man, that guy is on fire if you haven't listened to him. So, uh, yep, yeah, with... Uh, this episode 44, I believe it is, 
and uh, wish me luck in bagpipe competition in Dunedin. Okay, well, that's going to be it for today on this episode of Liberty Now. I might try to end this with a bit of recording of uh, some piping from our competition, if I if I could stitch that in here while I'm on the road. Uh, but otherwise, until next time, be good, do the right thing, and please keep asking questions.